you want to do it in a way that there's that like cliffhanger that, you know, if you think of you watch a TV show and right before the commercial break, there's that like, ah, like I need to find out what happened next. You have to sit through the commercials. Well, nowadays right. we Netflix and things, but <laughs> you need to come back to see what happens next. So when you're putting out content really on any platform, there has to be that curiosity hook that either is going to get them to click through to go watch the full video on YouTube or click through to watch the next video or click through to get to your lead magnet. I spent the last 17 years building my eight-figure performance business without using any of my own money, working with some of the most brilliant direct response marketers in the world today. Now I'm looking for entrepreneurs to join my affiliate army, built on ethics, transparency, and good old hard work. Join me to change the perception of how people view the greatest business in the world, affiliate marketing, and follow along as I learn, apply, and share performance marketing strategies working with some of the brightest people on the planet. My name is Eric Beer, and welcome to the Performance Marketer Podcast. Why don't you tell all of us performance marketers, which by the way, for the record, a performance marketer is you. Anybody that an entrepreneur that is able to generate revenue for themselves, you work on a performance, right? Well, yeah, that makes sense. Right? So in any event, you're going to tell a performance marketer how you got started, what you're all about, and why uh, why you're going to drop some bombs today. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, it's funny. I always feel funny sharing this story that like I started out as a dental hygienist and then <laughs> online entrepreneur and people like it has nothing to do with teeth. My education was... So it's like one of those things where mom and dad are like, you ever going to use your degree? No, no. Yeah. But I was a dental hygienist. And before that, I worked in radio and television and loved the entertainment industry and the fast pace and like just the social, you know, social media was part of my job. But in that industry, you know, it's, it's a little unstable. There's some egos in the industry. I'm a very sensitive person. So I actually left and went to uh, dental, which was my first, like, that's what I went to school for. It was kind of my fallback, which yeah. was great to have while I was trying to figure out what do I what do I really want to be when I grow up? And so I did dental for a little bit, but I was kind of bored between patients because you can only be so creative cleaning teeth every day. Yeah. And so I started doing the dental office's social media just between patients and started getting them like some good results. And then their IT guy was like, hey, you're good at this. Can I refer you to one of my other clients? He referred me to all of his clients. And all of a sudden, they had a business and didn't know that like, oh, you can actually make money doing this. And I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> so I started making videos for myself to answer frequently asked questions that my clients were asking me. And I just like pop them up on YouTube and whatever. Then if they have the same question, I was just like, yeah, here you go. I just answered this. Here's the link. Some of those videos really started to take off. And I was like, what the heck? And people were reaching out and asking if they could hire me for things. And I was like, how did I do that? And can I do it again? And can I do it for my clients? And so from there, I turned my social media business into a video marketing business. And now we work with clients where we help them to make six figures a month on YouTube. We create their entire video strategy. And the thing about creating content is like, you know, some people will tell you to like publish your face off and just publish, publish and create content but it yeah. has to be connected to cash flow. So that's what we've built is the content machine and the cash flow system. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And YouTube by, by far and away is the best medium out there, right? Yeah. It's a search and, engine. And the thing is, even if you have a small audience, like sometimes people might go to 
you know, my channel even and say like, you know, you, you're not, you're not famous or anything. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm making six figures a month and like have a seven figure business. So there's YouTubers that have huge audiences that are broke because they don't know how to monetize. We are right. marketers, not just content creators. Right. So you're helping people understand how to create content that leads to some sale at some point, right? It's all some sequence of some sort, linear path. And you're helping people with the actual content as well? Yeah. So we have like, we have a service. We have a, a access to a beautiful 7,000 square foot studio in Salt Lake City that our clients will fly into, or I can coach them through the process so they can do it themselves. Nice. And I know you're, you're like famous for this where like you do like crazy amount of video content in like three days where you're, good, you're pretty much good for the year, right? Well, People. now we've actually pivoted the strategy a little bit. We used to do six months of content in three days. Now yeah. we, we like to have a high quality and high quantity. So we do in one day, we do a month of filming. So three days would be three months of filming. And with that accelerated level of content, we get the best, fastest results on YouTube. Oh, that's great. So, so someone that's busy doing whatever they're doing, they get to spend one day banging out all their content and then you handle the rest from posting it, editing it, doing all the things from each step. And then like in YouTube, they finish a video and it's like, all right, well, on to the next, check me out here. Right. That's really important. Unlike having those other videos that someone can stay on and watch you for hours, right. Yeah. And binge watch you. Yes. Like Netflix, <laughs> but you know, your YouTube channel becomes a new source of entertainment, edutainment for people. That's crazy. So like, I know like I'm starting a new YouTube channel as we speak. Right. And it's all around lead generation. And one of the things I've learned is I have a YouTube channel for, for the podcast. It's performance marketer, right? With my name. And then I'm starting a new one with just Eric Beer lead gen. And the reason why from what I'm learning is, and you, maybe you can tell me more about this, but I won't show up in the feed because the podcast has just got so many different things going on from me talking to different interviews. So like YouTube doesn't really know how to classify me and start showing me to people versus if I focus on one category, so lead generation, right? Like that's what I'm being told is I should be just doing all my videos around lead generation. And then at that point, you can become the category king. And then when people are searching for lead gen, I should show up, right? So that's the whole idea. Like, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So your videos and what you mentioned before YouTube is a search engine. It's not a social media platform. So that you, when you make these videos and you are specifically targeting keywords, and especially if you are building authority under the keyword lead generation, then yeah, you're going to, you're going to be able to grow there. And then anytime people are searching for lead generation, they'll find you. Um, but of course it also, the things that, you know, when people say, um, if you build it, they will come. Yeah. That's only partially true. The videos still have to be good quality. They have to have a good length of time. They have to have those curiosity hooks in them that keep people watching and a strong call to action. Yeah. So that's interesting because I know for me, when I first got into this game, I was so overwhelmed with creating content. I felt like I needed to create content for YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and, and just like spent hours and I just got overwhelmed and then I didn't know what to talk about. And as I started to learn, actually, when I, I spoke to you as one of the first people that was talking yeah. about how you reuse content and it just, it became so much more clear to me. But one of the things that I've learned in my time, and maybe you can tell us like a better way and maybe I can learn from it as well, is if you're posting on YouTube, it's a very different platform than if you take that content and post it on Instagram or Facebook, yeah. right? So you got to like, one, you have to have a good editor who understands how to 
how to work those platforms, right? Which is what you do. So they make you look good. But there's like the intros and the outros and things of that nature and like getting people to try to take an action. Like, how do you go about that in a way that if it's each video that you want to make it customized, how do you do it in a short period of time? So like people like me don't just get overwhelmed with like, feel like I'm doing 25 intros and outros, right. you know? Yeah. And that's, that's so important to realize that like the content that you're putting on each platform has to be catered to that platform. If I put a, a 15 second video on YouTube, YouTube isn't even going to like that because they want length in videos and videos that keep people retained, keep people on the platform. If I just put my full YouTube video somewhere on, on an Instagram story, it's way too long. They want bite-sized right. content. And even if you are going to take like the little snippets and like turn it into a mini video that then directs people to YouTube. You want to do it in a way that there's that like cliffhanger that, you know, if you think of you watch a TV show and right before the commercial break, there's that like, ah, like I need to find out what happened next. You have to sit through the commercials. Well, now right. with Netflix and things, but <laughs> you need to come back to see what happens next. So when you're putting out content really on any platform, there has to be that curiosity hook that either is going to get them to click through to go watch the full video on YouTube or click through to watch the next video or click through to get to your lead magnet. Yeah. So I've been seeing people do this where like they use other platforms to build their YouTube subscribers. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's been overwhelming to me, by the way. Like I see people (laughs) doing it in TikTok. Like they're like a ton of people are doing that. And I just feel so silly getting in front of TikTok and doing that. I guess I have to at some point, like put my phone up and do the you know, like, and dance, like, I'm a terrible dancer. I know you're a singer, but like, that's just not my thing. Um, like, how do, how do you go about doing that? Like, is there like a, a strategy involved? Do you, do you help people with that? First of all, when it comes to TikTok, like the dancing and the pointing at things, like it works for some people, but that doesn't align with me and my personality and, and what I, I my team has been saying forever, like, can you please do these TikToks? Can you please do these <laughs> reels? And I'm like, it's, it doesn't feel authentic to me to do right. that. Just because it's working for some people doesn't mean that I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that bandwagon for the people that it works for. No shame. Like great rocket that it just, it doesn't fit for me. And I also feel like sometimes when things are too popular, like the pointing at the things I'm like, I don't want to do it just for the sake of doing it. And I want to have an intention behind it. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, when it comes to like repurposing the content, it's just finding, you know, what, what segments, what dimensions, what, there's a lot of tactical things that go into it. Sure. Um, but then knowing like, what's the end goal is to click through to something, whether it's a sale or a lead magnet or the next video. Right. Right. Exactly. There's always got to be some call to action. I think a lot of people make that mistake. Yes, right? I they, did. They just, for sure. Yeah. You keep on making content, making content, but you don't, they like feel bad to sell to their audience. Right? Yeah. Is that how, is that what you think you felt bad? It felt salesy. I hear that sometimes of like, well, do I have to put a call to action on every video? I don't want to seem like I'm spammy, and I'm like, then don't be spammy. You're not saying like, you're not, you know, that watch salesman on the street, like, hey, want to buy a watch? Like, you're you are giving them value if they right. came to this video and they've watched this far. It means that what you've given them has been, you know, helpful to them. And then you totally. go, if you need the next thing, here's the next video, or here's an ebook that I, here's the actual steps of what I just created outlined, click the link to get it. It's not spammy. It's provide, it's providing more value. Right. Right. And that's just the journey of the influencer and the expert trusting yes. themselves. Right. That's I, we've all been through that. I, I feel like I go back to that every like six months and I got to remind myself. You I've, love new devil. It's like you just, you grow, but then your challenges grow too. Yep, exactly. That's really cool. So like, if you had to, do you have a framework? Do you have like a step-by-step framework that you want to share? I have. Oh, I would love to actually. Um, 
there's a couple of frameworks, but the first one that comes to mind is I have this thing called the Elsa framework. And I, I joke about it that I'm like, yes, Elsa, you know, like your favorite snow queen, but in these cases, do not let it go. Like this is so important for any piece of content <laughs> that you create. And I was laughing when I created the Elsa framework. Cause then I realized the acronym, I could have also spelled out the word sale, but I was like, Elsa is going to be more memorable. I think. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, and acronym that the steps just work together. So anytime you create a piece of content, whether it's a video, whether it's a social media post, whether it's an email, even if it's an event or a webinar or whatever, follow ELSA. And ELSA stands for Epiphany Lesson Story Application. So before I create any piece of content, I want to know what's the epiphany that I want my audience to have while listening to this or reading this or watching it. What do I want them to go? Oh, I get it. And they can, then they emotionally connect to me as the person that gave them that epiphany. Like that emotional connection leads towards, you know, the, the relationship, the engagement, the sale. That is so important. So don't create a piece of content until you first know that epiphany. Now, next, typically you want to give them a lesson. And even if you think of, um, uh, okay, there's two ways I want to describe this. There's like, there's the Charlie Brown teacher that's like, wah, 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 like boring. <laughs> and you, you don't really pay attention to it. But then there's like the kids that, you know, before bedtime, their excuse before going to bed is like, well, I need a story. And there's always a moral to that story, which is the lesson. So what's the lesson that you're going to give them, but in a way that's captivating and engaging. And that's where S comes in. E-L-S is for the story, epiphany, lesson, story. How are you going to give them that lesson through a story? And if it can be a personal story or something that's popular in in the community, in the world, it can be a case study. It can be someone else that you witnessed or observed go through this, but like a story that allows them to really connect to it instead of just step one, step two, step three. Don't be the boring teacher at the front of the classroom. Be the one that tells the stories and has people on the edge of their seat. And when you've gotten that far, then the last thing is A is for application. Now, what's the thing that they can take away to now implement into their lives what you've given them? And that can be a call to action. It can be a a worksheet. It can be some sort of exercise that now like from the epiphany you've given them, how they can now take that and run with it in their life. Oh, that's great. So as you're creating content, you're taking that content and getting somebody now to ascend, right? Giving them whatever the information you gave to a visual person that's like, oh, okay, I get it, right? That's really cool. Wow, I love that movie. <laughs> Is it because you're a singer? Uh, you know what? It just, it, I, it came to me by accident, I guess. And then I was like, well, so that was your epiphany. That's current with pop culture, yeah. And it every <laughs> time, my students love it. And they, they talk about, the. I just did this thing and I created the Elsa. That's what saved me. Because often when I'm working with, our, with my clients on their videos or their content, their messaging, I'm like, hey, you're being a little bit like, you know, Charlie Brown teacher. How can we spice it up? Give them a story. How can people emotionally connect to you? Um, yeah. So it just helps so much. Oh, that's so cool. I love that you're this like professional woman who's like kicking it and killing it, but you're also watching Disney movies. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's been a while. Uh, that, that's like the real, that's the real you, right? Yeah. I love that. I love those movies. I, I, could, I used to beg my kids to go to them. But come yeah. on, you, you don't want to see uh, Toy Story? Come on. Let's you know go. what I love so much is um, Disney Plus, great, great app. They have so many documentaries on there of like the behind the scenes of making some of these incredible totally. movies. Like there was uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty. It was about like the 90s um, when Disney was making like Lion King and Pocahontas and 
and their kind of revival at that time. I didn't realize, of course, for me, just seeing like Disney as this huge legendary icon. And then to know that they were actually really struggling, like their, their animation team could have just collapsed and here's how they, here's how they fixed it and how they brought to life this new level of animation. It was, so I love, I love the Disney movies, but I also love studying what, how the storytelling comes together, how the production teams work together, the leadership. That's what fascinates me so much. That's so cool. And that, that, I could see that relating to us, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not always a bed of roses. You know, we're, our businesses are always going up and down and people are looking at you and they're thinking that you're killing it and you're, and you just like living the laptop lifestyle. Meanwhile, there might be something going on in your life that's, you know, struggling a little bit, right? And it's like, part of it is, you know, you're going through this struggle, but people don't know, do you show them it or not, right? Yeah. Some people do, some people don't. It's like that, it's like that balance or so, like, you know. I had to uh, come to terms with like, oh, I'm never going to feel like I've made it. Like there's that moment where you just cross the finish line. You're like, yeah, I've made it. I've done. Like as an entrepreneur, we are not wired for that. We don't hit the finish line and then quit. We hit a milestone and we keep going. And as we keep going, kind of like what we said before, your new level, new devil, your, your problems, your challenges just evolve as you do. Yeah. Well, I will tell you to put a little feather in your cap from the day that I met you and so you're at the inner circle to where you are today, the leaps and bounds that you've made is so impressive. Like really. And like when you presented at Funnel Hacking Live, like my notes were like Aww. you know, 10, 15 pages long. I got that booklet. You were really powerful. Like it's just like, congratulations, because you've you've done a lot and I know it's not easy. So good for you. That was yeah. a really pivotal time. And speaking of like, do you tell people of the challenges? Funnel hacking live three weeks before that. I announced that my marriage ended and that my right. name changed and that I was going through this big transformation while also going about to experience like the peak of my career. And it was so exciting, but also like I was very honest and I, I created a lot of content around that just to be very, I, I was very intentional that by me sharing that my marriage ended, I was like, I don't want to be known as the divorce girl. I do right. not want that to be how I'm painted. So I need to control the narrative by, by being vulnerable about what's really happening. And I shared the times that were hard. I shared the times that were good. And I shared the times that were hard after it was good, that then yeah. it just, I wanted to show that this is a story of perseverance, that although this is the hardest, but also at the same time, the best time of my life, I'm yeah. going to keep getting back up and showing up. Yeah. I remember that. I, I remember like getting chills as I saw you doing that and feeling for you because it I can only imagine how hard that was. And then the the love and support that I saw coming in from, from everybody was so yeah. powerful that it's like, you're, you're afraid, you're afraid, you're afraid. But when you do it, you don't even realize how many people are out there that, that actually want good for you. They want to be there for you, right? Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I remember that time and I know it was a hard time, but God bless you, you know, that you got through that. That was tough. One of the coolest things to me was to see that by me being vulnerable, it gave other people permission And it's not, it didn't even have to do any, not necessarily anything to do with like marriages or relationships, but just to see like, you're going through something that's hard and you're still sharing it and you're still doing the things that you committed to doing. And I still get messages from people saying like, when you shared that, it made me feel this. Oh my God. Yes. To feel like things are hard. and, And if you feel like you're alone, if you just share that, you have no idea just buckle up the amount of totally. people who will reach out to you to either share or talk or be there for you is incredible 
Right. Because there's, t- I mean, you, I hate the people that I talk to that, hey, how's it going? Everything's great. We're, we're just, we're just bruises. It's not like, come on, you're, you can't be great all the time. Right. right. Kids are great. Marriage is great. Work's great. I'm just, everything's great. And it's like, okay, fine. Everything's great. <laughs> like, we all know it's not, right? Like, everybody goes through these struggles. You don't have to tell me, I don't care. Right. But like, come on. Let me ask this question. So for you to give advice to people, right? So, because it's interesting, you started to build up your brand and then you had to do a name change. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend to people that are getting started and becoming an influencer? Like, how would they go about doing that if it's like two people and obviously you, you, you get into it starting forever, right? But things happen, right? Life, life changes. Like, what would you recommend in regards to people doing that for themselves and branding themselves? Would they use their real name? Or, yeah. or how, how would that work? And I mean, it's, it's a personal preference and you, you have the right to change your mind at any time. You have no obligation to be the same person tomorrow that you are today. And what matters is when you bring people along on the journey and whether that's like, you know, just the announcement of here's how I'm growing, here's how I'm pivoting. And here's what I want you to like, here's what you can learn by following the same yellow brick road with me. Um, that's, that's how you pay. If you're just Hey, I'm doing this and now I'm doing this now and now I'm doing this, like bring people on the journey of how you're learning and how you're growing. Um, even as, you know, I started as a dental hygienist and then a social media manager and then video marketing, and then also helping people with monetizing their videos. It's not like it was just, you know, these U-turns or these whiplash moments. It was, here's how I'm growing and, and here's now what I'm doing and, and teaching those things and sharing the story. And even if you think of like the movies we watch, when we get to the end of the movie, we cheer so loud when that hero wins because we watched them hit rock bottom or we watched the journey of how hard it, you know, that how long or how hard or how challenging it was to get to that win, whether they like won the race or landed the dream job or got the girl, like we saw the journey, we got to experience it with them. If you saw, you know, I think of uh, the pursuit of happiness as my example of that movie. If you saw just the end where this guy like, gets a really great job where he's paid a lot of money. You're like, good right. for you. But you see what he's going through as a single dad and keeping totally. his kid alive and spending his last couple dollars to help his boss get into a cab. Like, oh my God. And then when you see he gets the job, like your heart, you just, you feel it for him. Right. So that might be an extreme example, but just to show you that it doesn't have to be this whiplash when you change direction in your business, you t- just take your audience along for the ride. Yeah, I just got chills as you were saying. That. I totally agree. Watch I'm, that movie I'm, now. I'm such a mush with all that stuff, but yeah, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. So, all right, great. Well, tell people how they can get in touch with you if they can get some free stuff from you, if they can come watch you live, sign up for your coaching program. How, how do we how do we find you? Absolutely. The best place, youtube.com slash Marley Jacks or Instagram.com slash Marley Jacks. I try to be a little stand-up comedian on my Instagram stories and I respond to all my messages there. So um, that's me, myself, not my team. So Instagram is the best place to get it and get a hold of me um, or go to MarleyJacks.com and you can check out. We have a bunch of freebies there and free trainings. And also if you ever wanted to work with us, um, all the information there. Love it. Love it. All right. You guys heard that there. Last question. Are you doing anything with, uh, with Clubhouse? What are your thoughts on that? that you know new- what? I, I like it. Um, and it I get, you know, pinged every single day with all my friends in these clubhouse rooms. 
I haven't participated in it as much lately, but when yeah. I first got the app, I was listening all the time. And I think it's a great, I think it's a great platform. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I, it's interesting to kind of compare evergreen content versus the, like, this is just in time content, but then right. that makes people really engaged while they're watching it or listening to it really. Um, right. So it's it's also amazing for networking. It's it's super cool to be able to talk to people that you otherwise wouldn't have really had the opportunity to to meet or have an intimate conversation with. So I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, it's in, I haven't same as you. I really haven't used it at all, other than just like I signed up. I think Josh said yay to me, got me in Latimer, and then I've been like listening a little bit, but I haven't gone on there and spoken yet. Yeah. It looks cool. I see. It's interesting to me. I see entrepreneurs how some of them are are being so creative about doing it and then they're taping it and then putting the tape of their call elsewhere so that you can get it right. Like it's just interesting to see how creative everybody is. I was thinking like, what can I do a podcast? Like when I'm doing this, can I do it with the clubhouse? Yeah. I, I think Steven did that recently that he like started a room and did some Q and a first. And then was like, all right, guys, I'm going to, you know, just, I'm going to remove everyone else from the stage. I'm going to record my podcast. And then maybe what you could do after that is bring people back on for Q and a after, and maybe some of that Q and a makes podcast recording could be fun. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a way to reuse your content, I suppose, in in real time, except when you screw up a little bit, but Hey, that's what I think for. It is what it is. But all right, cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy. So thank you for coming on to the show. I can't wait to come see you. And I'll be in Boise one day, I guess. I don't know if it's a year or two or three, but hopefully uh, soon. Yeah, love it. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Marla. Thank you. Would you like to learn how I built my business using other people's money? If so, then go join my 21-day challenge at PerformanceMarketerSecrets.com. I look forward to meeting you and welcoming you into my family. And remember, results don't lie, but the people who don't have any do. Thanks for listening.